coming up tonight on Max Wrestling Halloween. TNA is officially returning. Where, oh, where will Will Ospreay land? Charlotte Flair's daddy shows up in AEW and happy Halloween. The captain defends the television title against Chris Reed. It's the last Thursday in October, and you know what that means. Happy Halloween. This is your captain speaking. He is El Jefe Moses Marquez. Welcome to Max Wrestling. This is episode 451. There be no tricks, but we promise you a treat or two tonight. Hell yeah, gotta love them treats. But before we get into any of these treats and or mayhem, make sure you are subscribed to us right here at maxwrestling.com forward slash YouTube or flip it the other way around, youtube.com forward slash maxwrestling. Follow us on SoundCloud or Spotify, wherever it is you get your podcast, and make sure that you head over to the beautifully done website, maxwrestlingnet.weebly.com. Showtime. Hell yeah. Ah, but uh, we got no predictions this week. We got no predictions until next week. Thank um, God. And even though we predicted Bound for Glory last week, we forgot to put the predictions title on the line. We but did horribly, go. am I not wrong? We did, yeah, and as I suspected, because like like we said last week, TNA, is, yeah, we can say TNA now, is very Ken. difficult to predict. I'm actually a little excited about the TNA part, so don't get me wrong. I mean, uh, we, we've joked about not being able to watch it or not watching it. There's more and more reasons, too, now. I mean, I don't know why I, I feel like I could get into TNA again. I don't know about it, like, the impact just felt weird. It just... It had a bad taste in its mouth. I don't know why TNA doesn't when it's, it was like the worst at the end. I mean, we may as well jump into TNA before we get into the group. Um, <laughs> it's weird how TNA had a stigma attached to its name. So they changed to Impact and then somehow Impact had a bigger stigma. Yeah. But people have more fond memories of TNA. Is it the olden days? Is that like how, like how I love WCW? Is it the olden days? Yeah. Um, Before it went to shit. When did I stop enjoying? <laughs> like, I, I was still watching it when it became Impact. I was still going to shows when it became Impact. I think up until like 2015. Ooh. Uh, yeah, I think 2015 was the last time. Well, the last time they came over to the UK was 2015. Um, And then I kind of stopped watching it after <laughs> And I want to say but, like, within a year of that is when they went right to that Global Force and then... Oh, yeah, Global Force was like 2016, 17. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know what happened, how it went so far south, how it drove so many people away. Uh, it just stopped being the TNA or the impact that we knew. Yeah, um, that's beautifully put there. Like there, there was nothing really spent. They were struggling, obviously, financially too. So, um, I think what killed it the most for me was the mass pre-tapings, like a mm. month in advance. So, like, I knew the results a month before it showed it on TV. So I didn't really see any point in watching. 
Uh, it makes sense. It makes sense. I could dig it. I mean, they still do that now, but there's less yeah. spoilers for some reason. People, the, the the Impact Faithful tend to not spoil it as much. As much. Or they don't spread it as much. So if you there want to know go. the Impact results before they air, you got to go find them. Yeah, yeah good Which luck with that. should have been. Uh, but yeah, going back to TNA feels big. Um, I genuinely got goosebumps watching that video um, at the end of Bound for Glory. Um, very well done with stars of TNA, Impact, past and present. And then just the moment. I like the fact that it was Josh Alexander who opened the box that unleashed all the TNA memories and chants. Kind of like he's the face of the present, bringing it Kind of merging the past and present together. I like it. I, absolutely. He's a perfect guy. Um, and as for Scott Demore, he's really worked his ass off bringing Impact out of the shit. He's trying so hard. Like, I don't know the last time I've seen a booker really try. Like, act, not just like, whoa, here. Like, Tony Khan's like, he lives in the land of dream matches. Watch me make the stuff that nobody else can happen, happen. And it's like, all right, sweet. Like, you have that upper hand. Scott Demore's out there like, bro, this is the cards I was dealt, and watch me make something worthwhile with the cards, with these cards right here. And and right now, like I said, it's, it's at the point where it's working. Like I said, they got, they got an extended TV deal. They're able to change their name back to TNA. There's people wanting to go there hell there's more i'm sure there's more cuts coming to wwe soon yeah so their roster can get big which would just be great for the biz i mean impact has really been attracting a lot of talent in the last couple of hell, years look at will yeah um and you got obviously got guys coming back like alex shelley and mm. chris saban the machine guns they both became X Division and World Champion recently. Um, Bully Ray went back there, I think, last year and is still there doing another run. So they're bringing in released names and they're also bringing back old names from Impact. And Mickey James keeps popping up every couple of I swear, <laughs> she, she just doesn't want to quit. I, just, tell, just tell us the truth, girl. You ain't trying to quit. No. Um, and she's also we, like on the... They, did like a graphic um, with the whole TNA rebranding uh, and Mickey James is on there, which tells me she's sticking around for a little bit and is going to be part of the process and changing it back to TNA. Helping her right, man. Help her right. Like, like that's what, that's what I like the idea of like the old heads come in, come in and help. Right. You guys were around that during the good. Tell us what was good and what can we do to make it better? You know what I'm saying? Mm. How can uh, we get back to the promised land? This is how far impact has Regrown back up. Will Ospreay's in talks with signing with Impact TNA. The biggest free agent we've seen since Kenny Omega in the Elite. And he's got the options easily of WWE and AEW, but Impact is actually in the running for a guy like Will Ospreay. Again, for a guy like Will Ospreay, he is your brand maker he is he is your kenny omega i hate saying i hate putting him like that but we do remember how kenny omega was when he got into AEW. everybody still wanted to work with kenny oh well you're you're in it that's fine but can we work with kenny sure you can have a couple guys but can we work with kenny that will be the same exact thing with will osprey the same exact thing 
So, I mean, I, I, I think, I feel like he would do X, like B, I feel like he'd do great anywhere. Like, that's my, like my issue. And like, I've had this conversation and I cannot, I cannot put a, a finger on where exactly I'm, I'm only leaning towards AEW because I feel like that's more of a, a, a the new Japan to him. That's going to feel a little bit more like new Japan and it'll be a little bit easier of a transition. I feel like impacts not as big of a stage as he would want it to be he could get it there maybe but and then i i feel like he knows he will get lost in the shuffle that is wwe oh yeah so i feel like that's why he's not he's teasing it he's teasing hey the options there i could go but you know i mean i i know that there's a uh a little bit of like i want to be noticed i want people to pay attention to me and if it's going to mean that, like, I'm fourth, fifth fiddle between, like, Roman Reigns, Cody Rhodes, Jey Uso, and, like, somebody that's not on television, like, no thanks. I'll fuck, you yeah. know, I'll take my chances somewhere else. I mean, if we're being honest, people are getting lost in a shuffle in AEW. It's true. That's the, I don't want to say the problem with wrestling, but... Remember the days of like, oh my god, I can't wait for this indie guy to sign or this indie guy to sign. The indies yeah. used to be stacked. It used to be fun to watch the lower guy. It would be fun to watch the GCWs, the New Japan Strong shows, the you know all shit like that because you didn't know what independent star would show up. Now every independent star is fucking signed and doing fuck all. Uh, black and gold NXT too. All these big indie stars came in and they all had their runs. Like they came in with all the hype and they ran with the hype. That they wasn't just let's have a couple of great matches and then we don't know what to do with them. Uh, that's a, that's Balor a had a great run. Kevin Owens had a great run. Sami Zayn, excellent, excellent. All them excellent runs. Every single one of them. Like you said, the Gargano, Ciampa. You said Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. Uh, j- j- fucking the list goes on and on. Hell, look at LA Knight. He didn't win a fucking single thing in NXT. A single no. fucking thing. He wasn't even there long. No. Uh, EC3, too, had a decent run in NXT, then got quickly moved up to the main roster and did fuck all. I swear to God, Vince just was like, oh, crap, you're that one kid. That fucking <laughs> yeah. whatever his weird name was with the long ass hair. And he's like, nope, fucking bury him. Oh. I don't I don't know if EC3 could have really got over without Vince, but. I'm, I would have liked to have seen him without Vince. Yeah, I mean, he was over in NXT. I mean, he came straight from Impact where he was super over. So he had all the momentum going. They just killed mm-hmm. it as soon as he went to SmackDown. What's your last name? Carter, what the fuck? Why is uh, there a three? I also love how they're kind of still running with that in NWA with Dixie being his auntie. It's great. <laughs> long, long-term storytelling, but I mean, I, I hope she never steps foot in another ring. But hey, why not? Uh, yeah, I mean, Scott Demore did give her credit um, for what she did with TNA. I mean, she did kind of put it on a bigger stage, and then in came Hogan and Bischoff and spent all the money. So, yep. Um, Give that. They, I mean, they also were pretty open and honest with CM Punk, saying we can't afford to pay you what you want, but. That's the, and also NWA, Billy Corgan said the same thing. We can't afford to pay CM Punk what he wants, but if he wants to have fun, come to the NWA. Yeah. He's going to have to understand if this is what you love, you're going to take a pay cut. And you'll make yeah. it back up in merch money. I'm almost positive of it. Yeah. 
with all the outlet with all the outlets besides just like the impact shop or the AEW shop or whatever the fuck there's pro wrestling tees there's all these you you'll find money like chill like calm down calm down i'd love to know Either what the rate is if they're consider if they're trying to sign Will Ospreay i'd love to know what CM Punk's rate is if they can't sign CM Punk well, that's okay. So let's. Uh, I do want to let, let's speculate real fast. Then, how much? How much do you? Who's more? Let's let's start with that. Who do you think is more, Punk or Osprey? Oh, definitely Punk. Because asking price is more. But see now, now let's do the businessman thing. Who's going to work more dates? Probably Osprey, but uh, they both have the shitty. Yeah, I was about to say they both have shitty injury history. Yeah, Punk more so. Um. And I mean, apart from his injury time, he was like active all the time in AEW. It's true, big ass draw. I don't know. Maybe maybe that played a part in him getting injured so much. That's true. <laughs> I mean, but then again, in, in Impact, he could hang out and do nothing and be just fine and wrestle on pay per views, which we said, which is exactly what we said he should fucking do in AEW, and they were like, "Nah, just fucking use the shit out of him." Yeah, I mean, even if he just went there as like a producer or a trainer, like we've seen this past week, he's been backstage at Impact, um, talking to the young guys. Or uh, the quote was, "Anybody who wanted to spend time with him, he made time for." Good for and, him and then left. And then left. Yeah. Well, I mean, didn't his buddy get hired? A Steel. Yeah, I think it was the same night. A Steel got hired as a pro- or debuted as a producer. So obviously, Punk was going to be there for. Uh, Jaws. <laughs> Perfectly named. <laughs> but speaking of punk, um, group, re- group recap begins now. Chris Reed posted an interesting question. Uh, what would you consider CM Punk's greatest match? Now, the obvious answer is usually punk and John Cena at Money in the Bank. Um, I try to think of something different just to be different because... I don't think there's any question that that's Punk's best match. Everybody considers it Punk's best match, mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, he he did have a killer dog collar match with MJF. Mm-hmm. That's more um, where I'm leaning myself, is that one. I'm trying to think, like, his last run in WWE, he didn't really have big feuds. I think he, he had one good match with Jericho. Mm-hmm. Um, his last match with Jericho at Payback when he came back in Chicago, obviously. Um, he was mostly teaming with Daniel Bryan towards the end, so they didn't really have any matches against each yeah, it was other. Like the, it was like the indie guys versus the world. Yeah, mostly the Shield, and that's where the yeah. whole "Make Roman Look Strong" thing came from. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think anybody would really disagree that his best match was against Cena. No, I mean we we always talk about it's one of Cena's best matches. Yeah. And we know that, you know, I don't want to say he's probably had better, but you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm sure that, like, if we went up and down the archives, we'd find one on par with that punk match. If not, then that's his best match, too. And it's like, that's that's good enough for me. Uh, I personally want to lean a little more towards the dog collar match. But then again, there was a lot more nostalgia. You know what I'm saying? There was a lot yeah. more in it. There was the giant crowd because they were in, not giant crowd, but, the, you know, super live crowd because they were in Chicago. It was a dog collar match. It was the first time the guy really is bled. In him. I don't think he actually ever bled in WWE, now that I think about it. You know, the guy bled all over the fucking place. He came out to his Ring of Honor theme, for fuck's sake. It was just a giant, you know, cap tip to nostalgia. 
Yeah. You add that with a good match, and yeah, you're going to get all the feels, baby. Uh, it's probably, we probably find more great Cena matches in retrospect if we went back in time, because obviously we were a little salty to Cena back in the day, <laughs> underappreciative of John Cena back in the day. Super, hey, it's it, just like in sports, bro. When they keep on winning, you got, you cannot, you, you can't get used to it. You don't like it. You're sick and tired of it, unless you're a fan. And yeah. then, you know, you ride the waves. Um, And that was pretty much it for the group this week. There's, uh, there was, there was a lot of posts about championship runs and, um, somebody AI generated a hardcore championship. Unfortunately, we're not getting a hardcore sick. title. Oh, they look sick. It's it's like a steampunk belt. I like it. It looks, it looks sick. The problem oh, is God. it looks too nice to be a hardcore championship. No, no, I was going to say, not only that, it looks too good for WWE to want to like use that. I'm like, nah, that's not it. It's fucking, where's the logo? Just, just do what you used to do. Smash up that old WWE universal title or whatever and... Put a bunch of paper on it. Do that or take, like, see if you can't find, like, an old blue, like, the, the blue big winged eagle and smash <laughs> that one up. That'd be cool. Or the one that's, you know what? No, that's perfect. Use the one that's a champ, that shitty one that The Rock brought out. Oh, yeah, that, that smash one was that, rough. Smash that fucking thing. Like, I don't like the current design just because it's overused, but the one The Rock introduced was a shitty version of that before mm-hmm. it got produced. <laughs> Just a little bit. Um Yeah, that's pretty much it for the group recap. Um and also hello Mike Larkin. Uh latest latest episode of Uncaged with Mr. DC Daniel Crimmins taking a look at the legacy of The Undertaker. Phoenix is zooming over right now as we speak, but it's gonna be mm-hmm. like two or three months from now. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You know how far hey, behind Phoenix gets. I'm about to say, I was like, but that's fast for Phoenix. That's fast. Yeah. Uh, oh, Feeny, uh, Merry Christmas. Merry Chris. <laughs> Happy Christmas. All right, then. That is all of the group recap. All right, now let's jump out of that fun group recap and let's jump into these fun shows and let's have the cap kick it off with some impact in three, two, one. Impact in three, two, one. Last week, we predicted Bound for Glory, so here's the results. Chris Sabin defeated Kenta to retain the X Division Championship in the first match, followed by PCO winning the Monsters Ball match, defeating Rhino, Steve Macklin, and Moose. And it was very nice to see them return to the original premise of the combatants being locked in a room with no food and water for 24 hours before the match. In the third match of the night, ABC became the new Impact Tag Team Champions when they defeated the Rascals, Trey Miguel, and Zachary Wentz. Shocking to see. Will Ospreay made his Impact Wrestling debut as he defeated Mike Bailey and Jordan Grace won the 20-person intergender Call Your Shot gauntlet by last eliminating Bully Ray. Grace now has a trophy and a contract which she can use to invoke a match against any championship of her choice in the following year. Trinity defeated Mickey James to retain the knockout championship and in the main event, Alex Shelley defeated Josh Alexander to retain the Impact World title. After the match, however, this is the big news everybody's been talking about, Alex and Josh shook hands and hugged before Josh put the world title around Shelley's waist as a sign of respect, followed 
by a video package which announced Impact will return to the name of TNA in January with Hard to Kill, followed by a passionate promo from Scott Demore as he's surrounded by past and present talent. Hope you felt Impact. Now over to Moses for the Rampage Report. This is Rampage, baby. Alright, let's jump into the Rampage Report. In a lovely collaboration with CMLL, Mystico comes out and he and Rocky Romero, two CMLL champions, I think they're both the welterweight champions of I'm not mistaken, two out of three falls match, and it's Mystico that defeats Rocky Romero with not one, but two submission victories. Backstage, Stokely Hathaway tells Eddie Kingston if Jeff Jarrett beats Kingston um, in a contestant stand brawl next week that Jay Lethal will get a shot at the Ring of Honor world title. And uh, we had a winner against John, uh, John Silver and uh, Isaiah Cassidy and Kip Sabian. This was obviously, or should I say, this was for a shot at the International Championship. And John Silver will take on Orange Cassidy and what I'm hoping is going to be just as good as it sounds. Santana and Ortiz will finally go to blows, as it was announced for next week. Why on earth is this happening on Rampage, you say? I don't know. I really do. This is one of those things where it's like Dynamite really uh, should get them big matches. And this is a big match. What do you do? Do you get Like Bull Combat Clubs, Claudio Castanoli and Wheeler Yuta defeated Brian Keith and um, Exodus Prime. To nobody's surprise, because I don't even know who either one of these cats are, with aka their job squad. Ruby Soho gets a win against Sky Blue, but it doesn't really seem to make sense because Sky is obviously on the verge of a big story, and Ruby, as per usual, is doing absolutely nothing. Is kind of just in the back of the shadows. Sucks to be her, but it's the truth. The Outcasts then come out and jump Sky Blue after the bell, but it's Chris Statlander that makes the save, which uh, goes unappreciated by Sky Blue. As we can see, maybe, just maybe, she's leaning toward what we're calling the dark side. Now, it's time for the cap to recap the smack. Paul Heyman opened the show and fired shots at LA Knight before being interrupted. LA Knight intimidates Paul Heyman out of the ring and looks forward to his contract signing next week with Roman Reigns for Crown Jewel. Montez Ford defeated Santos Escobar and the Street Profits attacked Escobar after the match before Carlito made the save. Pretty Deadly enjoy a spa day to celebrate their return to the ring last week but they're attacked by the brawling brutes. John Cena informs us that it has been 2,002 days since he last won a televised singles match and is confronted by Solo Sokoa before they brawl. And Jimmy Uso attacks John Cena, a masked man attacks Jimmy Uso, who turned out to be Jay Uso. They also brawl and security officials separate them before Jay is fined $10,000 by Nick Aldis as Jay is escorted out by Adam Pearce. Logan Paul ran his mouth at Rey Mysterio ahead of their US title match. Rey then tells Paul he reminds him of Dominic. They shake hands and Paul walks away. 
Austin Fury and Grayson Waller continued their run as a tag team and defeat Dragon Lee and Cameron Grimes. In an interview, Kevin Owens discussed his move to SmackDown. He says it doesn't feel great for his team without Sami Zayn. He says it doesn't feel great for his team with Sami Zayn to end like this, but looks forward to the future. In the main event, Io Sky defeated Charlotte Flair to retain the WWE Women's Championship, but not without shenanigans. After the match, however, Sky and Bailey attack Flair, but Bianca Belair made her return and made the save, dropping Bailey with a KOD. And Saturday night is fight night, which means Moses is on course for collision. Get on to the collision course. Brian Danielson against Andrade Alidolo was awesome. Uh, they shook hands before the match, before the lights went out. Or sorry, after the match, before the lights went out, Malachi Black returns and hits Danielson with a black mask. Danielson obviously defeated Andrade, and he's building from what it looks like to him and against anybody at this point. And him and Malachi on my list is, is going to be a great one. Sky Blue quickly defeated Hollywood Haley with a powerbomb out of the corner. The Gun Club defeated the Outrunners uh, in its uh, two squash matches in a row now. The BCG, the Bang Bang Gang, the back, was it the, the Bullet Club Gold, I should say, is celebrating uh, when the lights then cut out. All of a sudden, the mystery man uh, that's MJF's Devil Mass appears on the Titan Tron. And, of course, Jay White goes just absolutely running for his life because he is the best cowardly heel ever. Memphis Street Fight, or was it the concession stand, whatever the fuck. Um, Jeff Jarrett defeats Eddie Kingston in what was essentially Eddie Kingston versus the world, uh, or, or should I say Planet Jarrett. Let's go with Planet Jarrett. Jay Lethal now gets a shot at Eddie Kingston's Ring of Honor world title. Miro defeated Action Andrade, or Andretti, excuse me, and uh, again, to nobody's surprise, uh, FTR versus Bad Bad Fad Brown and Darian Bingston. Um, this one ends in a no contest as, again, another blackout leads to the House of Black just killing everybody, uh, and it looks like that's exactly what's going to happen. The House of Black are getting right back on top of these, these shows, so watch your back. AEW World Tag Team Championships. Big Bill and Ricky Starks defeated the Blackpool Combat Club's Wheeler Yuta and Claudio Castagnoli. After the match, the show ends in utter chaos as a brawl breaks out between the BCC. And uh, all of a sudden, they're flanked by FTR and Big Bill and Ricky Starks. And then the House of Black. And then returning to action out of goddamn nowhere, John Moxley. So it ends in a gigantic brawl. And uh, sometimes that's just how it goes in life. But now, sometimes we got to just jump in there and take a leap. And that's exactly what the cat's about to do. He's going to take one for the team. He's going into Raw. No matter who opens Raw, you can pretty much guarantee the segment will involve at least one member of the Judgment Day. If not the whole group. This week they kicked off Raw themselves, but Finn Balor and Damian Priest are quickly interrupted by Cody Rhodes. Cody tries to cause some dissension among Judgment Day and gets up and ends up getting heated as Priest challenges him to a match at Crown Jewel. 
Unsurprisingly, a brawl breaks out as Jey Uso backs up Cody, but the numbers are just too much as Priest does a number on Cody's leg with a steel chair. New Day defeat Alpha Academy, nothing to write home about. Backstage, Seth Rollins and Rhea Ripley have a chat, world champion to world champion, as Rhea reminds Rollins that Priest doesn't have to cash in on him if he were to join the Judgment Day. Becky Lynch defeated Indy Hartwell to retain the NXT Championship. After the match, they shake hands, but Zia Lee returns and attacks Candice LeRae backstage. Becky also went on to lose the championship to Lyra Valkyra the following night on Halloween Havoc. In the contract signing for the Throw All the Women Against in the contract signing for the Throw All the Women at Ripley match, Rhea Ripley blasts all of her challengers before Nia Jax unfortunately gets her hands on a microphone. The proceedings quickly turn into a brawl, which ends in a stare-down between Ripley and Jax. Bronson Reed is backstage looking for another match with Gunther. He's challenged by Akira Tozawa, initially refusing before Tozawa chopped Reed and Reed agreed to the match. Johnny Gargano defeated Giovanni Vinci, very much not what Gunther wanted. Logan Paul addressed his upcoming match with Rey Mysterio again, garnering the attention of Dominic. They both fire shots at Rey Mysterio before Paul calls Samantha Irvine into the ring to announce him as the new US Champion. Out comes Ricochet to attack them both. Chalk up another win for the Women's Tag Team Champions as Chelsea and Piper defeat Natalia and Nikki Cross. Thanks to a distraction from Rhea Ripley, Drew McIntyre defeated Sami Zayn with a Claymore. Backstage, tension brews between Nick Aldis and Adam Pearce as Pearce catches Aldis talking to his talent. Bronson Reed defeated Akira Tozawa, of course. Thanks to Rhea's antics throughout the night, McIntyre and Rollins now suspect each other of being in cahoots with Judgment Day. And your main event with an assist from Finn Balor, Damian Priest defeated Jey Uso. After the match, Judgment Day attacked Jey as a one-legged Cody made the save. And now, let's talk last night on Dynamite. Goodness gracious, what a whole bunch. So, following <laughs> an interview with Renee, which Roderick Strong and the Kingdom tried to interrupt, but MJF just, just fucking rolls Roderick That's Strong. Right. Like, how you want to roll your friend in a wheelchair, but he did it with, like, real force. And he got all angry in front of the camera. And he swears that he's going to defeat Juice Robinson uh, while using the dynamite diamond ring. And that's what he ends up doing. So, after the match, the Bang Bang Gang attack MJF. The Kingdom barely tried to help, but they helped. Uh, that's when the acclaim come out. They make the save. Jay then points and says that they made the save. Uh, uh, blah, blah, blah. Jay then points and says he still has MJF's title, and the guns then challenge MJF for the Ring of Honor tag team titles at full gear. MJF accepts both challenges or accepts the challenge. There's an eight man tag set up for next week uh, with three partners of his choice. He then rejects the kingdom and the acclaimed. On his way out, MJF is interrupted by Kenny Omega, issuing a challenge for the world title, which he then accepts. And he says, in return, in three days, bitch. Yeah, I love that. Uh, challenges everywhere in that first segment. Which is great. It's just, it's it's crazy to see that this man is going to continue to defend tag team titles by himself, but I absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. So, um, and then of course, you know, Max is out there. He's still looking to scissor with MJF. So, just come on now. Come on. He's, he can't, he can't it, hold Max. back. He can't hold back, Max Caster. 
<laughs> Hooking RVD. I'm not. I'm not disappointed seeing RVD. This wasn't too bad. Defeated Alex Reynolds and John Silver, which kind of meh, but tis what it is. Tony Schiavone brings out Darby Allen and Sting. Sting thanks Philly for their history there. Thanks Darby Allen. Thanks Tony Kong and Fall for his last run. Savani literally has to take the mic back. Thanks Sting for his work, and then <laughs> surprises him with what we all, I think, we're guessing was a surprise appearance by Ric Flair. He Sting comes out did look genuinely surprised. He did, um, but then again, the guy's been around since the early '90s, so I'm sure he's a really good actor by now. At least I would hope so. Um, he wants to celebrate Sting's final run with him, which only has me thinking that Flair's gonna hang out until like March. Mm. Which I don't hate, but I'm right there with you. I'm kind of cringy face. Like uh, it, it, it feels weird only because the news of Arn Anderson leaving makes things different. Yeah, that would have been a nice reunion, a great one. But uh, we'll see where this goes. I mean, uh, all of a sudden, I do but, like with Ric Flair being now, I do have a sneaky suspicion that the third man. Oh, wait, we haven't even talked about that yet. I was just going to say, yeah, like, so Christian Cage then interrupts, challenges Sting and Darby to find a third man at four for the match at full gear. But who do you think Ric Flair is going to bring in? Andrade. Has. That's my thought. I'm thinking maybe he might be the guy that could coax Adam Copeland into maybe. that spot. I mean, Adam Copeland seems like the most obvious choice because it's yeah. against Christian and they're trying to say, look, stop being... A dick, basically. Just fight Christian. He's he's being a dick. Yeah, um, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Why can't you just see, man, your fucking friend's an asshole? And then he's like, but that's my friend. Yeah, but your friend's an asshole. <laughs> he's telling everybody that your dad's dead. Like, he's a dick. He's saying Rick Flair should have died 20 years ago. That shit killed me. I was like, <laughs> oh, no. You were bumping with him 20 years ago. What are you doing? So... Yeah, Adam Copeland is the most obvious choice, but I would love to see Andrade get in there, or at least do something with Flair. But I don't. Right, I also don't want to see Ric Flair do too much. Yeah, like get a chop in one time and then just hang on the sideline. I don't know. That's, that's all I really give a shit about. So backstage, Renee is doing some more interview work. This time, it's Chris Jericho. He's discussing his doubts after getting absolutely pummeled by Hobbs. Uh, he then teases by calling a friend that's bigger than Hobbs, and um, I think that one's kind of obvious. Jericho. Oh, jeez. Come on now, you Captain Athena. When he said someone bigger than Hobbs, I thought, huh, big show. Nah, it's got to be somebody not like a producer, somebody active, somebody current, but nah. please don't be big show. <laughs> It's, it, it's going to be Captain Insano, watch. And that's what they're going to do. They're going to bring him out as Captain Insano. I just have this funny feeling. I just... Oh, that is going to disappoint the, so many people. It was the talk in the Discord the second he said it. I was like, oh, Captain Insano. And Teddy's like, why'd you do that? And I'm just like, dude, come on. You already know. Captain Insano shows no mercy. He shows no mercy. The Hung Bucks uh, defeated the Hardys and Zay, which was... a shockingly good match after the match swerve uh, shows up at hangman's house oh my god um literally give and i know this is a way this is obviously super planned and it's a whatever but if i could take my youth back to the 90s this felt like brian pillman uh this felt like stone cold outside brian pillman's house a little bit just a little bit 
I mean, yeah. it was way tamer, way safer, but it gave you those vibes. And I don't doubt Hangman's got a gun. Oh, he's got a fucking <laughs> closet full, bud. Are you kidding me? He's got, he's a real man. Um, my only question with this segment was, where was his wife? I was just going to say the same thing. How is this child in their house alone? In the dark. In the <laughs> Fuck it. I mean, like, I know I, he wants... I was watching it, like, when Swerve was talking to the kid. I was like, waiting. okay, so obviously Hangman's wife is going to come through the door at some point and say, like, scream and, like, get out. But, like, it was just Prince Nana going, hey, we got to go. Yeah, that was, like, the thing that weirded me out, too. I was just like, so no supervision for the children. All right, sweet. <laughs> like, I know it's just sleep, but. What you're telling me is the kid knows how to use a gun. Got it. That's what you're telling me. Oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, backstage, Sting and Darby try to talk some sense into Adam Copeland, and that's when he still refuses to fight Adam Cage. And he's, and I'm just like, bro, like, how come nobody's telling him? Like, he's telling everybody your dad's dead. Like, you have to stop him. But no, it doesn't work like that. Hikaru Shida defeated Ruby Soho to retain the world title, but after the match, um, Tony, timeless Tony Storm comes out, gets her challenge on, which I think this... I don't know if it's already time. I don't know. I feel like... I don't know, uh, but but I do want to ask you this because this was another one of these hot uh, topic discussions. What the fuck happened to Ruby Soho? Yeah, um, like what ha- we 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 I, gave a fuck. I swear I, to God, we did. I think this was a note on collision. Like she's been doing absolutely nothing. Fuck all. I, I, um, Outcast isn't really a thing anymore. I don't I don't know where Soraya is either. It, 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 it just everything fell apart And it's just there And this is the kind of stuff that The E would do And it would leave you scratching your head Wondering what we're going to do What we're going to this What we're going to that And Now I don't know So I, I, I just I just feel like everything's going to a waste But whatever Tony Storm So everything's the win after that Yeah um, <laughs> I feel like maybe it's a little too soon To pull the trigger um, because this gimmick is really, really over, but over. I want to see her win a few like throwaway matches first yes. before going straight back into the title. I'm with you, and it's and here's my other thing too: you can't get a title belt over on silent movies. You can't. Okay. Now, when you build it up, maybe you know, or she, you know, maybe she's like planning her office where she's gonna put it in this and that. Like, do something quirky. Like, you're already on that route. Fucking roll with it. And I'm sure they'll get there. Hopefully they'll get there because right now they haven't missed yet. Backstage, uh, we got Samoa Joe offers MJF an alliance and in exchange for another world title shot. I wouldn't be surprised if he takes it. But then again, then again, you do not trust the Samoan name Joseph. I just will tell you that. And then in the main event, the Rainmaker makes his dynamite debut as he teams with Orange Cassidy to take on De- Brian Danielson, Claudio Castagnoli. Really, really, really good match. I called it the Okada vibe, gave it the little extra push. But in the end, it was both Danielson and Orange Cassidy uh, down on the ground. I should say, no, um, it was Orange Cassidy and Okada that went down. But uh, I was on to say Orange Cassidy wasn't the, took the pin after a nasty, just nasty uppercut from Claudio Castagnoli. Yeah, and then a little injury scare at the end there. Oh yeah, the um, it, the Brian Danielson selling the crap out of the orange punch to the point where they're like, "Oh, he broke his jaw. He broke his jaw." Which 
I mean, the guy sells like a motherfucker. Like that's the one thing I could say about B Dry is that he is he is a sell and a half. Yeah. And he made me think, ah, oh, crap. Like, don't go derailing this guy's last run now. And now he's probably just selling the fuck out of it. He's going to sell up a match between him and Orange Cassidy and just keep going because that's exactly what we're getting at a B-Dry right now. He's going after everybody. I wouldn't be surprised if more guys from Japan show up. We're going to get him and Kota, maybe him and Shingo Takagi. You know, um, I would love to see him and Ishii. Sign me all the way up for Brian Danielson versus Ishii. But don't get hurt. Yeah. Please. Just that's the only that's take the it only, easy. Take it easy. That's the only qualm. Oh, um. I'm not sure where this is. I like is Okada coming back for another quick run or a feud? That's what we were trying to figure out too. And I have a funny feeling that they're gonna build towards him and be dry too. Now, what I'm hoping is they do another one on American soil and they do the third one in Japan. Because yeah. I think that was what I was talking about last time. It was like, oh, well, they do the rematch. You got to do it in Japan. Well, at this point, if we're going to be doing it best out of three, you do the third one in Japan. You do the big one in Japan. And the yeah. second one, you could do that at full gear. Maybe not at full gear. I think we have another pay-per-view in December. Yeah, we got a new one, uh, World's End. There you go. And then with a few days later, because it's on the 30th, five days later is Wrestle Kingdom. So uh, you could quite literally, quite literally moonwalk five days later into the Tokyo Dome to get your ass beat some more. Yeah. Um, interesting. What a time to be a fan, man. Interesting world's end. Uh, I obviously immediately thought of something we did a while back. So uh, if you want to check out another great match from world's end, go check out promo series seven. Rise of storm. Um, we uh, literally filmed it at world's end, which is an actual location in Wales. Beautiful. Wait a minute. It, wasn't that a movie as well? Yeah, it was uh, the third part of the Cornetto trilogy. And people really don't like it. It was mostly. great. I love it because, okay, it's not as good as Shaun of the Dead or Hot Fuzz, but it's about a pub crawl, and I fucking That's love it. pub crawls. I've never done one, but I'm down. <laughs> well, actually, pause. Let me stop myself. We call it bar hopping. Yeah. Um. So when I watch World's End, it doesn't make me want to go fight blue aliens. It just makes me want to do a pub crawl. The aliens. <laughs> okay. There's also some great quotes from it. I think it gets too much hate. Just because it's not as good as Hot Fuzz or Shaun of the Dead, but those are very tough acts to follow. Yeah, seriously. Let's make it short, sweet, to the point. I am your current reigning Max Wrestling, World Heavyweight Champion. I am the guy every person should be worried about, whether you are MDO or not. He's already proven twice that he can't be trusted. He used Chris to screw me over. He's not my El Jefe anymore. <laughs> You're making 
making my decision for me. I'm coming at the Chris, and then I'm going at the LFA. So heed my warning. The MDO stronger than ever. Sure about that? Cool. Moses Marquez, do you not understand what you have done? But here at Max, you gotta earn the belts. And let's just say that maybe, just maybe, we'll use this as a representation of my world championship. You don't woke up something that even you can't handle. It's not too late, baby. You're still MDO. I'm gonna run through you like an animal, baby. Everybody is gonna hit the floor. Cause I wanna see you in promo series. Talk Moses. The time is almost near. Your title ring is coming to a very abrupt halt soon. Cabron. He caught his own. He feels for you. Cause not only am I aiming at your cabeza, but I'm aiming to be champion as well. So Moses, don't sleep, Mentally. You'll regret it. Promise series, MWO is no more. Welcome back to the Kappa Mo Show. This is your captain. He is Al Hefe. Make sure you're liking and subscribed on YouTube. Follow us everywhere. And for all the information you possibly need, go to maxrossonnet.weebly.com. Damn right. Do it right now. But still to come, the television championship is on the line in a Halloween treat. But first, let's go back, back, back in time for this week in wrestling history. Time to go back, back, back in time as we surf through the archives of wrestling history. And we kick it off with a shocker of a WWE show. I'm just kidding. Yeah, WWE show. October 20th, 1996. WWE presents its 11th In Your House show, and it's perfectly named Buried Alive. One of the better In Your House shows, and even one reviewed by the Retro Crew. It opened up with Not Yet Stone Cold, Steve Austin, defeating Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Owen Hart and the British Bulldog defeating the Smoking Guns to retain their tag team titles. Mark Miro defeating Goldust to retain the IC title. Psycho State Invader had what we call a big man clash. It was shit. Just saying. And in the main event, the first ever Buried Alive match. The object is to bury your opponent in a pre-dug grave. The Undertaker versus Mankind, and you could not have two better opponents. Taker got the win, but it was the dead man that ended up buried at the end of the match. Or after the match, I should say. Same day, different year, and just so happened to be in the best city in the world. October 20th, 2013. TNA's Bound for Glory, which took place in beautiful San Diego, California, at San Diego State University's Cox Arena. Giggity. It was a night full of title changes. Chris Saban captures the X Division title in an Ultimate X match against Austin Aries, Jeff Hardy, Samoa Joe, and then champion Manic. Robbie E. and some fucking guy named 
Jesse got God is good is I can't say your name Mr. Pectoral or whatever the fuck he calls himself on the indies now no one has a clue who he is and I have to make fun of him even more so defeated Gunther and James Storm to capture the TNA tag belts Gail Kim wins the knockouts championship in a triple threat and I literally am starting to think that she has more title reigns than Ric Flair and we're just not talking about it Bobby Roode and Kurt Angle had a pretty fun match but it was the main event that caught the attention of everyone. AJ Styles winning the TNA world title against Bully Ray. October 21st, 2001. WWF Snow Mercy. And this is a show you got to go back and re-watch. It was in the heyday of the invasion. And the show opens up with the WCW tag team title match. The Hardys versus Landstorm and the Hurricane. Obviously the Hardys retain. Test and Kane had a big man match that was... Shockingly above par. Tori Wilson and Stacy Keebler had a lingerie match. You're welcome. <laughs> Maybe this history will repeat itself. Edge defeats Christian in a ladder match to win the IC title. Hey, TNT title, IC title. Could be one and the same. The Dudleys retain against Tajiri and the Big Show. And this right there is exactly why I miss early 2000s wrestling. The Undertaker and Booker T had a great match, but it was The Undertaker that took the dub. And then we had back-to-back -back world title matches to finish the show. They were both bangers. First, it's Chris Jericho defeating The Rock to win the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. And then we saw Stone Cold Steve Austin to retain the WWF world title against Rob Van Dam and Kurt Angle. And yes, this was heel Stone Cold with the, like, the Disturbed Entrance remix and all that other fun stuff. Let's hop to the next one. October 24th, 1993. WCW's Halloween Havoc. And there were a few other Halloween Havocs to choose from in these days. And let me tell you, I picked the best out of them all. We could have seen uh, one of them had a negative five-star match, which I fully agree, which was Hogan and Warrior. And I'll leave it at that. Again, WCW's Halloween Havoc. This show opened up with some super old-school vibes. Paul Orendorf defeating Ricky Steamboat via countout. A very young, or should I say, a very lordship. Well, he was, he was young at this time. He was 93. Lord Stephen Regal against a young Davy Boy Smith for Regal's television championship. And this came to a time limit draw. A very young, with hair, Stone Cold Steve Austin could not win the U.S. title as he lost to Dustin Rhodes. The Nasty Boys defeated the team of Marcus Bagwell and Two Core Scorpio, Two Cold Scorpio, to retain the WCW tag belts. When you got a name like that, you fumble and bumble over it all the time. Sting forced a decent match out of Sid Vicious, and thank God for that. Rick Rude took on Ric Flair for the WCW International World Heavyweight Championship. I don't know what the crap that is, but Ric Flair, being the dirtiest player in the game, got caught cheating, and because of that, Rick Rude wins VDQ. But it was the main event that grabbed my attention and should and will grab yours. Vader, Cactus Jack, Texas Deathmatch. Go check it out. And for the last one we got today, October 25th, 2015. Let's finish it off with WWE. Hell in a Cell. And let's run through it super quick. Dale Rio wins the U.S. title from John Cena. Roman Reigns beats Bray Wyatt in a Hell in a Cell match. The New Day defeat the old Dudleys to retain the tag team titles. Charlotte beats Nikki Bella. And you know what? This is one I don't hate that much. And I'm pretty sure you get why. Seth Rollins defeated Kane to retain the WWE Championship. And because Demon Kane lost, Corporate Kane 
was fired. Somehow the IC title match went on after the WWE. Nevertheless, Kevin Owens successfully defends, thank God, the Intercontinental Championship against Ryback. And no one, and I mean no one, misses that meathead. Back on track now. In the main event, and one that I assure you isn't worth another watch. Brock Lesnar versus The Undertaker. They tore the house down with their Hell in a Cell match, but it was the beast, Brock Lesnar, that walks out. The victor. Five bits of history for you. We went up and down the years. Now it's time to kick it to the boys. And let's see how this TV title thing goes. All right, now it's time for your Halloween treat. Chris Reed has been making a name for himself in the short few months since his debut. Now it is time to take a shot at the television championship. But to win it, he must first get through one, if not the greatest TV champ we've seen so far, the captain. He has held down the fort since promo mania as TV champion, and this is TV rules, which means the longest promo wins unless the longest promo is more than three minutes over the other. However, this time, gimmicks, special effects, and camera cuts are allowed. Let's see what you got, Chris. Now, you brought the mercenary out of me. I didn't want to do this to you, Desi, but you pushed me. You pushed me into doing this to you, Desi, and you have no one to blame but yourself, Desi. Because you see, Desi, what brought the mercenary out is that you mentioned my walk at promo slam. And when you mentioned about that, Desi, you caught my attention. I hate to do this to you, but yet at the same time, it will feel so sweet to take your World Television Championship away, Desi. I want your championship now more than ever. There's nothing that you can do about it, Desi. Your World Television Championship is something that I want now. I want your World Television Championship more than ever, Desi. And unlike you, Desi, it's not going to take me no five months for me to realize that I have accomplished something that you have taken for granted. And that's the World Television Championship. So Desi, by the time you realize this, you're going to remember something that you were going to forget. Is that on October 26, 2023, I am your new World Television Champion. That's more like it. Perfect stroll for a nightly walk. Anyway, Desi, after your victory against El Jefe, Moses, you now consider 
the World Television Championship as something that you're proud of. And it took you five months to realize this. You know, I wasn't going to challenge you for your championship. I wasn't, because I never had any interestingness in it, despite the fact that I find your championship very intriguing. So I was just going to let you keep the title until you mentioned something that, that got my attention. My fight against Psycho at Promo Slam. In a way, I felt like that you was calling me weak, pathetic. You don't know about me. You don't know shit about me. So, now, you got my attention. You got yourself in a situation that you can never be able to get yourself out of. So, that little video I sent you, you knew I accepted your challenge. And now, we're in the end game. By now, you probably know this, but by the clock, I am going to beat you. That's when you realize that you got yourself in a situation that you will never be able to get yourself out of, Desi. This better not be trick-or-treaters. From the Demoness with love. If it's a severed head, I'm going to be very upset. several types of men in the world. There are men who dream and never make it off their couch. There are men who dream and fail. And then there are men who dream and change the landscape of the world. I would like to introduce a new side of myself. Over the years, I've taken many shapes Perhaps I'm everlasting. Perhaps I am never more. Perhaps I'm your worst nightmare. Your longest standing fear. You fear the unknown. You fear the shadows. Well, fear me. Fear the Ripper. See, many men 
have taken that mantle over the centuries, the most famous of which was never identified. But you know who I am. You've known me for eight years. And yet here I am, reinventing myself once again. Chris, you instilled yourself into a war you were never part of. You threw yourself down the whale's throat into the lion's den. You are among the wolves now. For the past year, we have been eating each other alive. And some of us walked away. Are you sure you're ready for this war? See, I've been fighting this war for so long. I have been carrying this championship for so long that I am now forced to reach down into my darkest depths and find a piece of my soul buried deep, a piece so blackened by hate and anger and unrest that you have never seen it before. When you have fought as long as I have, it changes you. <laughs> They've been lying to you, man. Ain't no such thing as a hero, not anymore. But you, 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 you have become addicted to the illusion of what a hero is. You've become addicted to the illusion of what a hero does for you. You think you need someone to pat you on the back. You think you need someone to tuck you into bed at night, kiss you on the cheek and tell you that everything's going to be all right. But everything, 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 everything is not all right. What if I was to tell you that the man who made you is a liar? And maybe, maybe the answers you seek have been slapping you right in the face. Or maybe, just maybe, I, the captain, have been your answer all along. I have no followers. I have only brothers and sisters, all in the name of cause. People are sheep, you understand me? They can't lead themselves, they need to be led. People buy and sell fear, they worship war, they crave war, but I'm not afraid of their wars. I created war. And I think it's time for the masses to wake up, wake up, wake up! Wake up and look at the lie you've been living in, man. The world is deteriorating between their toes and they do nothing about it, they only stand there. They whisper and they wonder, but they never do anything about it. But I've seen it all in my dreams and in my thoughts and above everything else I understand. This is not the beginning. <laughs> it's the end. Right here. And the results are in. First for the challenger coming in at a time of four minutes and seven seconds. Wow. The captain's promo comes in at an extended five minutes, 28 seconds. Ladies and gentlemen, still your television champion is the captain. Uh, can we can we get Renee? Because I, I feel like Orange Cassidy right now. I'm tired, Renee. <laughs> I'm tired, Renee. I'm going oh, to go lay down. Um. It's not easy being champ. No, it's not. It's not easy being creative for shit. What are we on? Like six, seven months. Uh, <laughs> which is why I only went like five minutes because I thought maybe give Chris a chance. He's probably going to go over five minutes, but 
Hey. Chris is the mercenary, my man. Short, sweet. He's there to get a job done, but it is what it is. That's how this goes. You know what I mean? You go up against what we call the cream of the crop. You go up against the champions of our reigns and of our eras or whatever. And sometimes you get knocked out. Sometimes you get embarrassed. Sometimes you get a moniker, you know, 9%, and you have to live with it for the rest of your fucking life. And then you have to show the world that you're better than that. But deep down at night, we know that you cry into your pillow. Anyway, getting way off track, but don't give up, uh, Chris. We want more. We need more. Find that anger. Find that passion. Uh, no more short and sweet. Let him have it next time. But, and the next time will be coming up soon because our next special event is Promo Series 8, Chaos Theory. And it comes your way November 23rd. And for the first time ever, it's Veer versus Mike Lockhart. They will square off head-to-head in a promo exhibition. Yeah, the Knowledge Championship is on the line in the traditional winner stays on gauntlet as Daniel Crimmins defends against Ted P. DeNero in the mm. first round. And whoever the winner is, yeah, I could become a double champion because I got next. Ooh, double champ camp. I like it already. Last week, the captain and the cypher were victorious in the blind tag team trivia tournament. And now they will go on to promo series to challenge me and DC for our max tag team title. All right, then, maybe triple champion. And Cypher has a chance to take not one but two titles from Moses as he challenges him also for the Max World Championship in what is sure to be a can't-miss main event. Plus, we got Survivor Series predictions. Go to maxwrestlingnet.weebly.com slash promo series 8 for more information. And obviously, TV title won't be on the line um, because the card is stacked. That's why it was on the line today. However, um, as I'm still your champion, I didn't plan on still being champion again, uh, okay. which, is, which has been the case in every match recently. Um, I will issue an open challenge for the Maxis. Um, and also, voting's going to begin on the Maxis very, very soon after Ooh, promo you. series. Get so, ready, um, get it ready. That's like a month literally a month away so we'll get to promo series in a few short weeks but for now let's leave you with our final few segments beginning with the geek of the week oy, oy, oy. pencil neck geek pretty freak scum sucking beard with a lousy proceed he's a one man no cut losing streak nothing but a pencil neck geek All right, so my gig of the week is not, he didn't do anything crazy, didn't do anything special. I'm just, I'm not torn with this fella. I'm just, for somebody who wants to quote unquote be in the biz this bad, you don't want to take a pay cut. You got to get paid. I, I understand your brain, but you can't take a pay cut. I'm giving gig of the week this week to CM Punk strictly because you're obviously pushing to get back into pro wrestling. You're obviously pushing to go work for somebody, New Japan, Impact, um, fuck, go down to Mexico or something, bro. But the reality is, is you need to understand that there is a stigma around you. You get hurt a lot. You're older. There's a lot. Take a pay cut. If this is what you really, really, truly want to do, take a pay cut. Go help Impact get bigger. Go take some eyes to back to Japan. Go take some eyes to Mexico. Do something for the brand outside of CM Punk, not the brand that is CM Punk. If you can do that, if you can do that, 
maybe, just maybe, you might regarner some respect from a lot of people. I'm just saying. I get it, dude. You know, heated shit, young kids. I fucking hate kids too, okay? And I got two of my own. It's they're annoying as fuck. But it is what it is. You have to you have to, you know, take the the good with the bad. You had the good, you showed up bad. Hopefully you could do better in an impact. Hopefully you can actually get into impact. You just got to take a fucking pay cut. You'll be fine. I promise you. I promise you, bro. Impact fans are so loyal, they'll buy three of your shirts so they don't have to fucking take a shower. <laughs> uh, yeah, in, in all seriousness, you know, Impact fans are super fucking loyal. Be like, um, crazy loyal. Very much like Wrexham, really. The Impact fans have kept that fucking promotion going. I hate that I'm that guy that has multiple fucking teams, but I'm glad it's a whole other division because I'm I am <laughs> loving what Wrexham is doing. Uh, oh, the only other thing we glossed over, actually, I just realized, is uh, WWE bringing a pay per view to Germany for the first time ever next summer. They're um, talking Paris too now. Yeah, which actually, I think Germany's only like an hour behind or in front of us too. But um, cool. The time difference wouldn't be too much different for us. I don't. Wait a minute. I'm about to say double check. I'm trying numbers. to work it out. I think it's going to be like early afternoon for you. Yeah, like one. Which is, you know what? It's better than fucking ten. Yeah. No, wait, no. I think it would be like twelve, but some something around that. But again, it's better than fucking eight nine in the morning when they go to fucking Saudi Arabia. And it's a damn sight better than one a.m. every goddamn month. Mm-hmm. Bastards. I really miss like WWE Network pre Peacock because they brought the pay per views forward to like midnight hour time. Oh, that's cool. But then again, they had to get rid of the network because they suck. Mm-hmm. Even though somehow it still lives in the UK. Huh. Uh, all ass, right, then. <laughs> From the geek to the MVP of the week. I'm going to give it to that kid, MJF. Um, that kid deserves it. Because he's doing what we never thought we'd see from MJF. Not just being a babyface, but accepting challenges, throwing out challenges, left, right, and center. I know it's kayfabe, but still, it's the gimmick. Um, he's just being a workhorse right now. He's got uh, a title defense against Kenny on collision. Mm-hmm. He has got an eight-man tag on Dynamite next week. He got Jay White coming up, possibly Samoa Joe coming up again. Uh, and he's defending the ROH tag titles all by himself. <clears throat> yeah, the guy is literally on fucking fire. And I think the reason why we're cracking jokes about this whole thing is because you have to remember, I want to say seven, eight months ago, his work weight was every pay-per-view maybe. You know what I mean? Yeah. He had a match on a pay-per-view. Maybe he had one on a Dynamite. Then maybe on a pay-per-view. Then maybe on a Dynamite. He did a lot more talking than he did wrestling. Now, he's spun it. He's got to be the biggest face in the company, even though we know he's not a face. He's pulling the Austin. We're, we know he's kind of a heel still, but we love him for it. Yeah. And add that to the fact that he's literally wrestling all the fucking time he's handicapping tag matches for the tag titles for crying out loud 
Like, it's it shows you that he's worth a push, which if you haven't already fucking noticed, he is. And it just it it makes you it, as an AEW fan, it makes you want to immediately shoot down every stupid dumbass rumor that oh well he'll just leave and go to the E. Oh he'll just leave. Fuck no, he's not. You don't do this. You don't do all this and leave. You don't. I'm sorry. You just don't. No. Um, and he's also getting MVP, not just for his on-screen work, but uh, Mark Henry came out uh, this earlier this week with his comments on MJF saying, saying uh, you walk in the locker room and MJF's helping with production. He's helping people write their promos. He's, he's just a locker fully- room leader. Yeah, and he's like, what? What is he now? Twenty? I was just gonna say, he's he's twenty six years old. He's twenty. I am seven years his elder. I was in the second grade when this motherfucker was born, and he's out here being a mentor to all the young cats in the back. He's willing to help with the dumb shit. Like I, I, I you know, he's. He he is what you want. And again, he's a fucking kid. So where is he going to be when he's 40? And he's been doing this for fucking 20 years, 25 years. Like what? Like he is literally sky's the limit every time we turn around. He'll be the best baby face you've ever had. He'll be the most despicable heel you've ever seen. I, what can't and, he do? And this is why... I don't ever believe the rumors that he's leaving AEW. He's going to WWE. There's going to be a bit more. He is coming across oh, yeah. as fully invested and loyal to AEW. Do I think there'll be a bidding war? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think he'll for sure try to use Tony Khan to like make some more money or Vince or Papa H, whatever, to make some more money. But I, he ain't going to go. He'll just be like, well, hey, they offered me this. Okay, we'll give you that. <laughs> that's what I wanted you to do. <laughs> and then that's it. And then that's it. And, he stays. No, and yeah, he, he's carrying that company on his back right now. Mm-hmm. Plus All the way on tag the team titles. Oh my God. This, 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 again, he is the workhorse. Whether you like it or not. And I think he's the age now that The Rock was when he first starts first started feuding with Austin at Mania. I'm sure Rock was like twenty six when he won his first WWE title. Like twenty six, twenty seven sounds about right. But yeah, around this time is when he was doing this thing. Remember, he came in, Rocky Maivia and the whole whatever, and tried to get a push and they loved it. They hated him because you know, we were over pushing you and then fucking nation of domination and the so He's he's following in some I want to say great footsteps, but he is definitely following similar pathways. Being the biggest heel, then becoming a giant face. He and again at twenty six years old. So and you know what we've always said on Max, the best way to get over is to be a super heel before becoming a face. Mm-hmm. That that fucking turn from heel to face is either a giant shocker. Or has been so goddamn anticipated that when it finally happens, people are shitting themselves. Yeah. And and it works best when it's not forced either. Like MJF got over organically and it was like there's no chance of him ever turning babyface, but we all fucking love him. 
And it got to the point where they couldn't deny how popular he was, even though he was an absolute prick as a heel. Well, you know, like it, like you put it perfectly. Like we, he didn't have to turn babyface. We forced him to act more babyface because he is so beloved, and so he's like, "Fuck it, I'll roll with it." Yeah. And he's playing it, but yet you still see the heel. You still see the asshole, the prick, the whatever you, the what does he call himself? Yeah. They're scum, our scumbag. He's a self-aware babyface. That's beautifully. Put. He knows he's a babyface, but deep down, he's a heel. Yeah, it's great shit. <laughs> Nobody else is doing it. Um. So yeah, MGF is this week's MVP of the week, and mm. I know it's not the first time this year, so he's probably going to get a couple more before we ring in the new year. Thank you for joining us this Halloween. We hope we rocked you harder than Dwayne Johnson's wax figure. Oy. <laughs> he's African-American. He's black. <laughs> Motherfucker black. And y'all made him white as shit. God damn. I wonder if Rock looked at him like, is that fucking Vin Diesel? I th- I thought it was Vin Diesel. <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie. I thought it was Vin Diesel. When I first seen the thing, I was like, that kind of looks like The Rock, but that's light, so that's gonna be like Vin Diesel. Oh No, no, it just fucked up. How do you get The Rock wrong? He's like one of the most famous people in the world. I swear to God, he's on a billboard right outside that fucking museum too. I swear to God, he is. I swear to God. Uh, well, I think he has requested it get a new tone. Yeah, you better listen Which... to the fucking rock. Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah, that sucks. Paint it again. Fucking paint it again. Like, the features are there. But, yeah, it's so light. Super, super light. It's. Uh, I also kind of got weirded out that it was clean shaven because I thought, wait, why is it? Wait, the rock is clean shaven now. But he used to have, like, a goatee. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I looked at it and thought, why, where is his facial hair? Well, he doesn't have any right now. Okay. Right now. It, it just looks weird. It doesn't look like Dwayne. <laughs> I, I, really do, I really do think the brightness of the skin is throws it off from, like, the first eye, and then you're just trying to, like, piece it together. Like, what the fuck is this? What is going on? Ah, oh, wax figures. All bad. Uh, before we go anywhere, here's what Moses has for you, Pencil Night Geeks, this week on the A to B of Retro Rewable Bind. Oh my god, so much stuff is literally uh, is, is, is spewing out from the gills. Um, An American Talking Tottenham is going to drop not one but two episodes. Bef- that, that's not true. <laughs> I was going to say, before the, this Friday's game, but that's not going to happen. Uh, maybe, though. We'll see how it goes. Uh, for sure, we're going to get one out, basically just focusing on Sonny. Is he Harry Kane's replacement? Do we need to go get a striker to replace him in three years? Hopefully not. Um, and then another one is going to talk about pretty much the aftermath. After Crystal Palace, um, I have three episodes of Bolt Rant recorded. They are loud. They're intense. They will be going up this weekend, uh, Friday night, Saturday Ish, so look out for those prior to the late game of Saturday's Chargers. And then the TSK are planning something. We have some topics that have to absolutely be discussed. And one of them being the pros and cons of every single location for Will Offspray and where he lands. 
So with all that being said, make sure you guys are following us on every single single platform that you can to make sure that you're hitting it. So you're following when we you know upload evil Twitter machine at max wrestling, UK at captain five, one, two, and at the SMR pod net. And of course the beautiful done website, max wrestling net.weebly.com. And do not forget to hit the subscribe button, follow button, like button, all that fun stuff, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and of course right here, youtube.com forward slash max wrestling. We have been climbing in the numbers, views, subscribers, the whole shibigity bang. We're getting closer to five. Five is our first goal. The next goal after that is a thousand. And once we get to a thousand, oh my lord, are you guys in for a treat? We got all kinds of fun stuff happening. Um, all I know is we're going to be doing something live. I don't know what yet, but the sooner you get there, the sooner we have to figure it out. Hey, maybe live promos. Oh god, let's go bring those back. Uh, with that said, join us next week for Crown Jewel predictions. I know we don't usually predict the uh, Saudi shows, but I'm kind of interested in it. Um, we got Cody versus Priest, uh, Ray Ray versus Logan Paul for the U.S. title, which is mm. probably going to change hands, and I'm not mad about it. Yep. Um, Rhea Ripley defending the women's title against everybody. Uh, Seth Rollins versus Drew McIntyre for the world title and Roman Reigns defending the undisputed title. I know it's shocking against LA Knight. Uh, actually, you know what? I'm intrigued too. Yeah, it's a it's a decent card. Um, you've been watching the Cap and Mo. Goodbye Mwah. and good night. Bye. Don't give up, Chris. Come on back. We need the mercy. Thank you for the challenge. <laughs>